This is a podcast from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship, a gathering of many nations who are one in Christ. I want to share very briefly today from one verse from the book of Proverbs that has been sticking in my mind. It's from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 17, where Solomon says, Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fatted calf with hatred. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fatted calf with hatred. I mean, I hope it's obvious that this verse is not about the benefits of a plant-based diet versus a carnivorous one. Throughout history and in many places around the world today, most people are eating a very simple vegetable-based diet, not necessarily out of nutritional choice, but simply because of economic reality. And eating meat, and especially eating a fatted calf, was something you would do only for special occasions, like a wedding celebration. And only the extremely wealthy could regularly consume that kind of diet. And so the point of the proverb, actually, is that smart people prioritize relationships over consumption. Smart people choose the benefits of loving and being loved over wealth and status and all kinds of lifestyle experiences. A bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than steak with people that you hate. And I think most of us would assent to the truth of that proverb, right? It's like a very common sense saying, it's the kind of thing that your grandparents would tell you when you were smaller. In fact, on the taxi on the ride over, I was reminded of my own grandparents. When my grandfather was young and single back in the 1930s, he went on a date with a young lady somewhere near Amsterdam. And he took her for a walk along the beach, and he had plotted his route very carefully because he only had 10 cents in his pocket. And he took her past an ice cream booth where he knew they served ice cream cones for 5 cents each. And so, oh, whoa, here's, here's, wow, look at this. There's a place where we can buy ice cream. I have 10 cents, and we can each have an ice cream cone. Or, of course, you can have a double scoop for 10 cents. And the girl barely hesitated, and she chose the 10-cent double scoop for herself. And my grandfather, being a gentleman, of course, paid his entire life savings for this double scoop of ice cream for her, and said, oh, I'm not hungry, I, I don't even like ice cream myself. That was the only date the two of them ever went on. And years later, my grandfather saw her on the train. I'd like to say she was morbidly obese, I don't think that was actually the case. But she was definitely not wearing a wedding ring. And this was the kind of person who had chosen selfish consumption over loving someone else. Better is the five-cent scoop with someone you love than the double ten-cent scoop for lifetime by yourself. So I think most of us would agree with the, like, the truth of the statement that relationships are the most important thing we can have. But I wonder if the choices we're actually making in our life reflect the fact that we are really making relationships a priority over everything else. The world's longest study on happiness has been going on for 84 years. It began in 1934 with the cohort of, I think, 268 sophomores at Harvard University. And there's been like a succession of scientists studying this group because people have died and like new people have been directing the study and it's still going on. And they tracked these people over the course of their lifetime. And they found that the best predictor of a happy and healthy life was having close relationships with others the top predictor. And it didn't matter if someone's social circle was large or small, whether they had hundreds of friends or they only had two or three friends. The important thing was that they had close relationships. And the very best thing of all was having a good marriage. And the study found that those ties, those social ties, protected people from life's discontents 
They help to delay mental and physical decline, and they are the best predictors of long and happy lives, better than social class, IQ, or even genes. And the current director of the study, his name is Robert Waldinger, and he's got a TED Talk that he gave in 2015, and I highly recommend going and checking out that TED Talk. And in the talk, he says, when we gathered together everything that we knew about these people at age 50, it wasn't their middle-aged cholesterol levels that predicted how they were going to grow old. It was how satisfied they were in their relationships. The people who were most satisfied in their relationships at age 50 were the healthiest at age 80. And conversely, people who didn't have close relationships had very poor outcomes. And the director said, loneliness kills. It's as powerful as smoking or alcoholism. Relationships are so important to us as human beings. And that's just common sense wisdom. You don't have to be a Christian to realize that that's true. But the Bible explains why that's true. Because God created us for relationship. For relationship with each other. It's not good for man to be alone or woman. And of course, for communion with God. And the Harvard study is just confirming what Solomon and Israel's other sages were saying thousands of years ago. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fatted calf with hatred. I saw in the news just a couple days ago on the BBC that the current ruler of Dubai, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid, and his wife Haya, a couple years ago, spent two million pounds one year on strawberries. Two million pounds worth of strawberries. And their nine and 14 year old children also received every year an annual allowance of 10 million pounds. I got 25 cents a week when I was a kid. 10 million pounds sounds pretty good. And we know those figures because it all came out in their divorce case in London High Court last year. A very bitter and acrimonious divorce case. I'm sure those strawberries tasted pretty good. And I'm sure they enjoyed some incredible delicacies at their table. But none of it could make up for the lack of a close, loving relationship. And how foolish would we be, I mean, on a much smaller scale, how foolish would we be to be wasting our lives' energies acquiring possessions and lifestyles and experiences that won't really make us happy, and then failing to cultivate love in the relationship that God has given us, whether that's with our spouse or our children or our friends. You know, it would be a really depressing thing in 10 or 20 years to gather the people in your life in your mansion or at a really expensive restaurant and to be eating amazing food around the table together, but everyone is silent and cold with indifference or resentment or even hatred. You know, your kids, they will not be traumatized if you fail to provide all these luxuries in life. They're going to be okay without all that stuff. And of all the people in counseling today, because of the way they were raised, because of their upbringing, I don't think many of them are complaining about the vegetables they ate, or the lack of the fatted calf, or their 25 cent week allowance. But there are a lot of people who are very hurt and very broken because they failed to receive the love and affection and affirmation that they needed from their parents and from their family. I feel like as a parent, there's a lot of things that I'm failing at that are falling off the table. But the one thing I don't want to fail at and I don't want to mess up is failing to love my children. Here's the really encouraging thing about this verse. You don't need much to provide a table where people feel loved. You don't need to be extremely wealthy. You don't even need to be a good cook. All you need to do is patiently, consistently work at just a few key relationships in your life. Sowing into them faithfully, making sure you are giving love and affection 
and affirmation and care. You know, we're not doing communion today, but this would have been a great segue into that because God gathers us around his table and we get this little piece of bread and a little cup of wine, the simplest things, which are symbols of the great love that God has for us. God is a good parent. He's the best of parents. And God's top priority in the world is making sure that we experience love. It's such a high priority for God that he gave his son to die for our sins, to remove every barrier so that we could be forgiven and accepted and embraced by God. We want this to be a place of love where all together we're experiencing God's great love and care for us. And then with our little hearts, very full of God's own love, to be reaching out in love to one another. It doesn't take very much. We don't require an enormous church budget to do that. We don't need any money at all to love each other. All we need is God's own spirit in our hearts. So shall we pray for a moment and ask God to warm our own hearts with his love and help us to love one another? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a good father and you provide everything we need. Most of all, you meet our deep need to be loved by you. We thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for forgiving our sins. Thank you for giving us the gift of your spirit. And Lord, thank you for placing us in relationship with other people. Lord, we do not want to be those who look back late in life, regretting the foolish things that we pursued, the worldly things that we were striving after. We don't want to regret failing at the most important relationships in our lives. Help us to live in love, Father. Help us to love our friends. Help us to love our husbands or wives. Help us to love our children. Help us to love them well, O Lord, so that we can live the good life that you have given us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. This podcast was from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship. Learn more about us online at ticf-georgia.org. Thanks for listening.